Hello, and welcome to C-Lab, the customer education laboratory, where we explore how to build customer education programs, experiment with new approaches, and exterminate the myths and bad advice that stop growth dead in its tracks. I'm Dave Darrington, and today, for International Shades Day, I can't think of anybody cooler than talking with my friend, Sam Cummings. He's an author, data scientist, and customer success professional, currently working as an enterprise CSM at LinkedIn. In a way, this is a reunion episode as Sam and I have worked together at Gainsight and learned the core of what customer success is all about during our tenure there. So let's get started. Education takes many forms in the world of B2B SaaS software. And Sam takes us on a journey of how to inspire, to cultivate, and to distribute success. Beginning by telling human stories anchored in data we can inspire or connect with our customers. Then we cultivate the seeds of success and distribute that through champions to other networks of people. We also delve in what Sam calls B to Cification. This maps to discussions that many of us in customer success and customer education are having today. While we talk about social selling or digital selling, at the core of this, at the real core of this, is the human factor. We connect and share our experiences on platforms like LinkedIn, YouTube, and many others. So, enjoy this great discussion. Interesting. I think this should be official. I just turned it off, so let's see if it works. I'm not on All right. Alrighty. We are on. All right. I don't know what I'm going to do with this. I'm recording just for a reason, just to be above board. I thought every time we talk, we come up with just gold. Uh, so I'm not going to jinx it. I'll just record it just in case. But um, I had some questions of you and there's some more educational, you know, um, but now you're at LinkedIn and you're doing cool stuff. And if I can pull something out of that, I will. And we'll work with it. But I'll let you know what, what comes sure. what comes out. Get my, my sound turned off. Let's party. Cool, man. So. Tell me, tell me more. Like, I think we talked a little bit a month or two ago, um, but you got a lot of stuff going on. Loved your article. Uh, your, your site looks neat. I just want to know a little bit more about what you're doing. And, and in specific, I'm super excited about your transition to customer success. And like now you're taking all of you that has been this like evangelist for data science with respect to our industry. And now you're going up market a little bit. I don't even want to, I just want to know what you're, what you're up to that you can say to like, let's, let's pretend this is a public audience. So anything that you might say might, it might, we might use. Um, and if there's dirt, like just, just, <laughs> um, I'll cut it out, but, but what's, what's up with my friend, Sam, how are you doing? Sure. So a couple of things, you know, just coming from uh, the experience being in data science and being in a data role, one of the big challenges that's a key part of serving people with data is understanding what it's like to walk in their shoes. I can't understate enough how much value there is yeah. in people experiencing, even if it's for a short amount of time, a chance to be in the positions that they serve. If I'm providing insights to customer success managers on how to use their data that they have available to them to make better decisions, one thing that'll make that insight even that much more applicable is if I understand what problems they're grappling with, if I can have empathy. And so the big word, I think that's I've learned over time here that all data people and all people that serve customer facing roles can benefit is the understanding that empathy is gonna be your biggest tool. Being able to put yourself in their shoes, understand their experiences and really let that shape what you're defining and what kind of solutions you propose Number one, I couldn't have gotten that as well if I didn't become a CSM. And so I've been on this journey myself, coming from head of data science, being someone that was factoring in tons of different data points and use cases to create offerings that would help CSMs leaders build out stronger programs. Being a CSM in a big program, again, LinkedIn is a phenomenal organization, but what's really unique as well, uh, that's again, something I experienced at Gainsight is that they're on the edge of social selling, just like Gainsight was on the edge of customer success. And so that's that thought leader, oh. that leadership role 
that again, just gives you so much visibility into how all companies are dealing with these challenges. All organizations are trying to grapple with these problems. And as data people, a lot of times, we're operating in a, a sea of ambiguity. And that's really where, again, empathy, understanding, and taking time in the discovery phase to truly understand who you're serving and what they need. Uh, again, I can't recommend that enough. That, that That's really exciting. And you know, when we we talk, we were talking before, we weren't recording it, and I was just thinking, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is so great because the transition that you've made is is kind of different from a lot of people, and I think it brings a lot of meaning to the industry. That you and I have actually, like, you tell if we tell the, our our story of how we became friends and coworkers, mm-hmm. and we're coworkers first, friends now because we moved beyond Gainside into different companies, and uh, it's an interesting journey. We're still connected, but. We bonded over that, the fact that data data was so pivotal to customer success. And at the time, this was several years back, we were struggling with, okay, well, we've got this, like I was struggling with one challenge, which was how do I help teach somebody to understand the value of getting clean data, getting in, in, and, and merging and joining data and getting these visualizations that you wouldn't normally have all about customer success activities that and and I was the educator. You are very. You're an educator too. You're you're a practitioner educator. You know, one that's like I'm sharing and evangelizing for what I'm doing in this space. And that's why I wanted to reconnect and see the and and here's the hook. And I'm kind of like we're kind of like doing an organic as you go podcast. Yeah. The the thing that struck me that you, okay, I'm gonna tell everybody that's in my audience the thing that I really valued that you have done for me that I feel like it both is a customer success play one-to-one and a scale play from an education perspective is you unblocked me from understanding the actual value of signing up for a premium subscription for LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Like so you go, okay, Dave, I can convince you. And you got on the phone with me and you told me a little bit about it. And then I gave it a shot and really understood it. And then I went back for a while to the free plan and I really like, oh my gosh, there's a lot of value here. And the value is that I get a lot more insight, introspection. The, the university, the academy is there in in my in my environment, so I'm getting a lot more value out of it. And and now I'm coming back, like thinking about all the stuff you're working on. I've got a bunch of questions now too, of because I'm kind of in a weird place, dude. I'm I'm an outreach, so part of my day to day is building a program, building education. But the thing that I have a challenge with is a lot of the times I need to surface that outside of my domain. Mm-hmm. Say, We're building all this great stuff. I want to talk to you customers. Let's get out there. Let's get on LinkedIn. And you know, the, the coolest thing we did lately is we launched a certification program. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Congrats. Yeah. We have badges and the badges go on LinkedIn and LinkedIn is really huge. Some other programs that we're seeing, a friend of mine, Sam, um, another Sam, Sam Nelson, okay. one of our influencers. And uh, he is doing, he's using LinkedIn live. Mm-hmm. And I, and after talking with him and after getting into it and seeing what's going on there, it's like Twitch for business. Yes. It's yeah. what, what I was talking about with Twitch before I was trying to get on Twitch's radar. Like, oh my God, oh my God, this is such a great platform. Mm-hmm. Why can't we use this for business too? Well, Sam showed me how, and now I'm like, we're going to be doing a lot more things with LinkedIn live. Yeah. And that, the, 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 and you're in, and this is all social selling. So I'm just curious. I like, I, I want to just get, get you on and just riff on what is all the cool stuff you're seeing in both from your job and from your personal mm-hmm. projects that you can tell us about, because all of it has this spirit, this thread of education all the way through it. That's what I, I really dig about you, Sam. Love, love that. Appreciate those kudos. Again, number one, what you guys are doing at outreach and what you've done in creating a certification program. I cannot second that enough. Great work. Building on some of the learning that I that we've had is something that what I'm going to say is not a surprise. The B to C ification. I know it's not a word. We're going to put it. It's a B to C ification. I like it. B to C ification <laughs> has been huge uh, over the last couple months, especially coming out of the 2020 changes. Meaning the way that people typically did sales in B to C motions uh-huh. is now where B to B is moving. And that change and that fundamental shift has different names under different umbrellas. Some people call it social selling. Some people call it digital selling. A framework that, again, puts the person that you're trying to sell to at the core of your sales efforts. That shift, that change 
again, it's happened already in B2C, right? When you're getting advertisements where, say, LeBron James is drinking a Sprite, they're calling out to people who you think as thought leaders or you see as uh, critical celebrities in, in that term, but really as people that I would take buying into their effort and their say. That push, uh, coupled with when they craft that commercial, they know their demographic, they know their age group, their desires, what's going on in their life. That level of understanding and putting the buyer first is what this new wave is all about. And what COVID and the whole lockdowns did was add acceleration to an already moving vehicle. And it was already happening. This transition- Put the pedal to the metal. <laughs> it was full steam ahead. And that shift essentially has created over the last year Tons of new best practices, frameworks, and insights that, again, being in the role that I'm at, I got a bird's eye view, right? I get to meet with tons of organizations. I work as an enterprise CSM today. And so in that role, right, launching of scale, launching of size, to truly see how different organizations are all, again, from private equity right. all the way down to the companies uh, that are, again, more, you know, uh, straightforward to big names that you might have heard of, right? And so... That structural change is affecting everybody. And so mm -hmm. that's where we know just coming out of that kind of, that kind of change, when it's industry-wide change, there's opportunity. And so that's the opportunity that we're in, where that B to C-ification happening is what's created the new wave of people that can become thought leaders, yeah. leveraging these tools that, again, were already common. And on Instagram, for example, everybody knows about going live. Right on Twitch, everybody's been going live for a while. But now you see people like Nick Meta, the CEO of Gainsight, going live, doing sessions where him and another CEO talk about the industry. It's these types of things that then when you think about it, everybody who watches that live video is a warm lead for your sales team. And so it's that natural shift that again is all about value first. So putting the value in the buyer first and really leveraging a way of sales that's not as much as like me pushing my stuff to them, yeah. but really finding what's important and valuable to them and being a partner. Same way if you go to the airport, right? And you get the concierge person that kind of helps you with the machine. They kind of point you to the buttons, tell you what to do. Right. Same if you go to buy a, a high-end handbag, for example. You get that person who's like, how can I help you? What are your interests are? What are you trying to do? They ask you these questions because they're putting themselves as a partner to you. And that's the big shift that I've seen just between successful and uh, people that are still trying to get their hands around it, uh, that gap, that difference. So from, from your perspective, Sam, now, so you're, you're an enterprise CSM. Uh, I mean, again, I don't want you to, to share any company details or secrets, but what, what is the real motion? What is the partnership that you have with people? Is it more like, okay, I, I'm going to put myself in, in the, um, in the hot seat. Okay. I have this little podcast that I do, but the reason that I do it is for my job. So, you know, I'm being transparent here. If my employer's listening, of course, that, that I learned so much by saying, Sam, I'm going to pick up the phone. I'm going to call you, you and I are friends, but we're also working the same field and we're trying to learn things. I want to bring that back. And then what I'm trying to do with that function, again, we're on it's C-Lab but I also represent out, outreach and these fluidly kind of merge together because I'm actively learning and doing things and applying them back to work and then cycling back through and sharing that with other people. You know, so I look as myself as kind of an influencer practitioner. Yeah. Um, now, when I looked on LinkedIn, I continue to see so much more cap capabilities and things like, okay, for example, one of the things that I'll go back to our friend, Sam, um, Sam Nelson is a great influencer. He just started just started doing this, right? He just started getting out there, but he's not necessarily completely on brand. Meaning at this moment in time, is he on the, on the outreach LinkedIn domain? No, he's on his own brand, right? But he wants to be. And those are the kinds of plays that we're going to kind of pull through to say, let's partner you up with our brand, our marketing team. Now you're representing, let's layer in some other things. Let's take you up market. Let's resonate and, and, and what's the word I want? Amplify your message. Because the thing that I see the value in, and, I, and I, I could use your help and other people's help to say, you know what, when you do this, like, you know, when you're going to go before you go live, make a post and like, what are, what are all the tactical things? So I'm, I'm like really curious to see what are the things that you're working on that will help me 
and I'm putting my outreach hat now. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking now I'm the education team at outreach. Now I want to leverage all that's LinkedIn to really amplify my message. Like you saw that with the certification. As soon as we started doing that, the coolest thing ever is that we, we we're partners with Credly, right? They're, they're our vendor that, that services us. And when and we, we released this program and my hunch, you know, my guess as a scientist, my, my hypothesis was that if we get badges and I give you a badge, right, Sam, you earned it. You could put it on social. You could put it on LinkedIn. You can put it on Facebook. You can put it on Instagram. You can put it on whatever you want. But when they, when an individual sees that and clicks on that, my, like I see you have it, I go, oh, cool. Yeah. I could go after that now. And then you open up and you go to the Credly site and you see all this information about our, our curriculum and what's meaningful and how this makes value and why Sam got this. Well, because he's a data scientist and you want to do data science for outreach if we had that, right? Um, that expresses so much, it, it extends social selling so much more because now I have the use case and the value add right there in front of me. Yep. And I don't see a lot of companies really adopting this yet. Although now I'm now I'm like watching my LinkedIn feed and I'm seeing Ungerbach and Tableau and uh -huh. Smartsheet and Zendesk and like all of our friends, I call them friends now because I know these people that are working in most of these places. This is like a, a festival of, of excitement. It's so cool. But yeah, I'll, I'll stop talking because like, when did you riff on that and tell me what it is that, what, what's your mission, man? Sure. Good, 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 good points. Now from a structure of it, like just as a CSM, we're doing a lot of things at once. Education, alignment, planning, program management. So there's so many hats that you're switching on and off to yeah. drive a program. It varies throughout the life cycle, right? The things that a company needs on onboarding are a little bit different, obviously, than someone who's in their third year, right? Yeah. Difference in needs, difference in goals, and overall tools that you need as a CSM to be successful. But the one thing that's underlying, the one thing that connects all is the focus on success. And so again, I've been a customer success person. You might've saw this in my article where I mentioned this a little bit. Yeah. Uh, on my LinkedIn page. And that is, again, I came from focusing on the customer, being an analyst, working and looking at customer behavior, customer outcomes, customer experiences, and trying to glean insights. I was all about the customer. Yeah. Since being an actual CSM and working and trying to not only roll out programs and roll out insights to people in an actionable way, but now educate them on how to be better sellers, how to truly engage better, how to take what they're good at. So what your natural style is, because mm -hmm. everybody has a different style, right? And right. that style is your strength. And if you accent, if you accent what activity you have to do for your company with your strength, it becomes your superpower. And so really inspiring people to take on new ideas, new concepts. And a lot of times these sellers are super uh, successful. They're working at a large company for a reason. And they've delivered success over their career. So you know how it is when you have veterans, right? Learning new tricks, new ways to do things. Uh, it's always something that could be either a challenge or an opportunity, depending on how you look at it. And so exactly. inspiring people to really take on new things and learn them, success is that tying piece between everything. What I mean by that is I'm inspiring success, cultivating it, and then distributing it throughout the life cycle. And what that looks like is a lot of what you described with Sam Nelson and also what you're doing with your program. You're educating, but then you're also giving things that allow people to see their level of success, what they've done. I've achieved and became an outreach uh, professional. I'm certified. That success mantra and that success focus has a lot of unintended effects that are super powerful. The number one that I'm gonna point on to is that by creating these programs, you're allowing for the market to have clear understandings of value. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to knowing, hey, I want to hire a person that can run our programs, we use outreach as a core program in how we enable and drive our sales efforts and our engagement. Am I going to hire somebody that might have that skill set, but is it outreach certified? Or am I going to hire somebody that's outreach certified? And so it's that piece that again, by focusing on success, inspiring it, cultivating it, sharing it, that there's all these other things that come with that, that generate organic sales, 
So again, people having on their LinkedIn, that makes it a, that's a branding opportunity beyond anything, right? This person took the time, energy, and finance, you know, investment to really get this certification because they knew it was going to be valuable. And so there's some of that, that as you reach a certain critical mass of people in the marketplace who do the job that you serve, also have your certification, there's a watershed moment similar to what happened with the TI calculator back in the 80s, right? There were a bunch of competitors, all these different calculator companies. The reason why TI became the one is because they merged into college programs. Right. Where it was became the standard calculator of training. Whatever industry you're in, again, it comes back to that success by cultivating, creating, and then defining, defining ways for that to become an industry standard. Man, that's really what it's all about. That is that. Yes. Oh, all that. <laughs> That's fun. Uh, so, so now I'm really curious in, in your role as an enterprise CSM, it, what is it that, what are the kind of emotions that you have? Because, you know, we talk about in, in customer success and I'd be a bad evangelist for customer success had I not paid attention to what I learned from Mr. Nick Meta and you and others while, well, tenure at, at Gainsight. And you know we're focused on scale. We're focused on adoption. We're focused on retention. We're focused on call deflection. We're focused on all these things. It's the the life cycle of of an organization. And I look at our CSMs as, it, you know, they're kind of an influencer. And and I keep I'm gonna I'm gonna ping pong on that. That's what we're doing here. That you know I I go I look at you and I look at our Sam and I look at others that the success of the future is social. The success of the future is being online and visible video, things like LinkedIn Live, Twitch, YouTube Live, all those different assets that my hypothesis is that we're, 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 we're you're doing kind of what you said, you know, now our CSMs are kind of like being more evangelists and getting out there. And now we need to like resonate and, and get a lot of the content, but get a lot of that activities, those small successes, in other words, which come through a badge, which show up on LinkedIn, amplify so much of the CSM's work because now you're saying, okay, you, you play role play with me. I worked with you and I did this. This was just friendship, right? Mm -hmm. But actually you kind of played my CSM, even though that, well, actually, I don't know if you go around Robin, we're both customers. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have a relationship anyway, but I know I can tell you that outreach depends upon tooling that, that LinkedIn provides. So we're in, and I'm a raving fan. And I have been since day one of the beta launch and I've used it every single day of my work career, mostly. Right. So now I'm seeing like, it's really locking. It's really coming in. I, I'm curious, like, how do you help large businesses grow from an enterprise perspective with an eye on sale sales? I'm sorry. Um, with, with an eye on education too. Like what, what is it that you Sam are doing? Sure. And so I'll give a little bit of flavor here and, you know, some of the secret sauce, right? Protecting all. Yeah. Yeah. We always have that agreement here. On, yeah, yeah. But uh, there, there's some, some gems <laughs> that are just universal truths. And so when I think about the enablement, the key thing that's here is that there is a life cycle to this, right? Depending yeah. on where people are in the continuum, there's different types of strategies that work. When it comes to the, the actual uh, way that my role is situated, it's unique to my role, but I'm going to speak to it in a more general space where people can really take this across the line right. from their own way to apply it. And so I put it into categories of enablement. And that hmm. education framework fits as like an umbrella of this. So I have different categories along the way. The whole thing is educating them on how to use it and put it to practice. And so how I educate people in the beginning is fundamentally different than how I'm educating people at later stages. Because it's a life cycle approach, right? Yes. And so I'm enabling and engaging people more hands-on in those beginning times. So say you just go live with a, a tool, you just started using it. I'm leaning in heavy. With yeah. my goal is to inspire, educate, but primarily inspire behavior change. People should leave that call or leave those series of enablement sessions uh, excited, revved up, ready to go. And then yeah. some of the tricks I use to really make that possible 
is one, tell really human stories that are anchored in data. So in my slides, I'll share, here's some of the data, what's going on in the ecosystem. And then I always have a slide that's either a quote from somebody who posted on LinkedIn or another executive, so some human element. So we go from the data down to the humanity. And then on my third slide, user third or fourth slide in that conversation, I'll share some of their specific data, meaning yeah. what is their current level of adoption in the platform? What are they seeing? What, what is their level of uh, understanding and social selling so far? And so that really coming from the high end, this is what the data at a macro says, through the human element to the action of like, this is what's irrelevant to you. I then couple with a workshop format type of kickoff training. So even in the first training, again, I'm assuming that they've consumed some of our on-demand resources. I send that off mm -hmm. prior and say, hey, this is some of the par from the course. Make it bite-sized, five-minute videos, no longer, where they can kind of get familiar. On the call, we actually do it in a workshop format where I show a little bit of how a process works, and then they get to take action on that process. Yeah. That is a fundamental formula for inspiring action. Because again, it starts from the data down to the human, down to your personal world, to real world action that you're taking on the call. Right. That formula I found works really well for inspiring success and inspiring people to take on uh, the new practices, frameworks, and ideas that you're trying to educate them on. From there, that's that first chapter. And again, pause me if you want to dig in anywhere deeper. Yeah, it's well, so so that uh, I just have to ask, so I can frame up mentally kind of like what kind of aspects or attributes of your product is it that you're educating and, and you're enabling somebody on that you're. Yeah, so you're, I'm in the sales navigator. So sales solution space. Oh, okay. So sellers on how to use sales navigator. So now we're really talking because we're talking on three levels at the same time here. And this is why I really wanted to connect with you personally, because, you know, we're talking at like, Number one, I, I love what LinkedIn does. And I'm really curious on a personal level and a professional level and a work level, because educationally, like we, we talk about sales navigator in our, our training, but that's actually kind of weird then because I'm not here to train other people on sales navigator. I'm going to pull them back to you and say, if you don't know about sales navigator, please talk to our friends over at LinkedIn. Here's their Academy or contact your CSM and they'll be happy to, to get you to that. So you have a, you have your own balance of, uh, educate like for us at outreach, we have you know different categories, different sizes of scale from enterprise all the way down to an emerging kind of 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 group. And then depending on where you are in that, we have a different strategy. So we're not going to get a Sam on a low you know, on a you know a more of an emerging account where we are you know like five seats. But we have a university and we do have people that you can talk to if you need to. So okay, so that's that helps me a lot, Sam. So. You got the floor, continue. Sure. Good, good points there. And so thinking about that first chapter, inspire. Inspire. Inspiring people. It's I recommend there's a mix of on-demand and real life enablement that works really well in inspire. The big challenge with uh just on-demand only is it's hard as a human to inspire somebody with just watching a video. Yeah. Now there is an element where again you could do a lot of that as long as you supplement that video with activities. And not just like, most of the time what you'll see is do this activity where it's like check off this box in the tool, answer some questions, pretty much as a check to tell you that I did, I actually watched the video. Going right. a step beyond that, having those actions, have them actually do something in the platform. One really powerful trick is have them take action in the platform. And then one of the actual quiz questions is submit a screenshot of your finished workflow. And again, that's a way to still get your checks and balances, because, again, we want to make sure people are completing the content, especially when it's heavily relying on demand. But it makes it so it's still inspirational, because once if what you're giving is really valuable and people actually take that action and see it for themselves. Right there, right then. In, in the you said. They see yeah. it, they feel it, they experience it. That understanding is there. And so that's for me closes out my inspire goal and in inspiring someone and giving them that understanding. That's what really opens up that door for the next stage, which I'll, I'll define more in detail. Cool. Okay. Well, I, I want to hear it because that's every, everything you're doing there. That 
This is one of the things that I, that I always struggle with, particularly engaging in a new role in a new company, is showing where that glove fits, right? And I'm using my hands for people on the audio, mm-hmm. that the inner relationship between customer success and education, there is none. I mean, they're, 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 it's a complete. There, there's no differentiation. We, were, we had um, just recently launched a podcast episode with um, Michael Harnum. Michael Harnum, you probably heard of him, if, if not, Educational Services Group, very big player on providing, um, well, scale for customer success, customer success as a service. That's That was, I love that concept. Like, what do you mean by that? Well, we, we outsource it for you and in, 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 in help amplify. Um, but one of the things he had said on that was, you know, he was on with both Adam Evermescu and I on, on the call, and he was saying, Dave, Adam... Like the, the big thing that I see is there, there is no difference between the education and customer success. It yeah. is one. And then, and the message that I'm trying to take up market, the message and by talking with you and others who are at big logos that, you know, we're, we're out there doing this every day. We're doing customer success every day. Education needs to be at parity with your customer success program. Yeah. And, you know, it can be lower, it can be a different team. It can't be somewhere else. We're here to do one job and that's inspire show, demonstrate, get people engaged and on the product so they can do something with it because we lose them in customer success if we don't get them right away. That's why I love your, 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 you know, let's do it in an app. Let's do it right here. Show me, show me you understand it. And when that light bulb goes on immediately and you see it and I see it, then learning is easy because, uh, you know, I'll give you a great example and, and I'll talk to, I'm being transparent with my friends at Smartsheet if they're listening um, that, you know, Smartsheet is a great platform. I had been using, and I'm not going to discount the other platform I was using, but I was using Asana and Asana is a great platform. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to work with two, right. In my team. And I had one part my team saying, we need to use this. And another team is saying, you use this. I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. um, and for me, you get this, uh, what did uh, a friend of mine, I think Mike from, um, in, in, um, uh, intricately, the CEO of Intricately is talking about this kind of neuroplasticity that we have. And this is relevant to our conversation because mm. the kind of neuroplasticity that I'm talking about is not a, medis- a medical one. It's a tech one. Yeah. Meaning your brain and my brain, Sam, are kind of trained after a few years of working in software as a service. Yeah. Because I've seen so many project management platforms. I've seen, you know, like in the space of project management, I think of Asana and Trello and Google Sheets and mm-hmm. Smartsheet. And, you know, can, I can go on and on and on, uh, yeah. Airtable, whatever. I don't want to, uh, you know, a lot of people listen, but there's so many and each have slightly different use cases. And each are good in some way and some, you know, are better than others. And that's why this personal touch is really important. Like we get folks excited like when i when i first saw when i first saw outreach it was the most fun experience i had um a a friend of mine jackson used to work with me at azuqua before we got acquired and he's since gone off uh to another company but he pulled me over one day and said dave look at this oh my god look at this maybe not that excited but it was pretty excited and that i'm trying to capture that and he, he sat, sat me down and because I had to ask like, well, what are you using and why are you being so successful with your selling motion? Whereas we had someone before and they were challenged. And he goes, I found outreach and this tool is a software tool that I immediately understand. I get it because it's like this and like this and like this. When I looked at it, you know what I saw? Gainsight. Mm-hmm. It's all gainsight. I'm like, this is kind of the same thing. It's, it's taking and capturing from a data perspective all the things that are happening with my customers in a way that is actionable and that it's not so different from other platforms that I've used before. So again, to wrap that, that make that up, that neuroplasticity means that I could talk to you and say, Sam, we're talking about data here. And now I want to talk to you about data studio from Google and how cool that is right now, because it's one of the products I'm using. I've used Tableau. I've used, um, you know, Microsoft tooling, uh, Power BI. I like this because, well, darn it, it's free. Actually, not free. It's included in my subscription for Google and, and it ties in all my data sources. I'm like, well, what the hell? Why aren't we not using this? It's this. Oh, so, yeah. so anyway, I, I I kind of riffed off of that, but um, why don't we continue? Like, tell me more, tell me more about the next step. Yeah. Next so you bring up a lot of good things that I'll sprinkle in here, right? And it's that level of 
again, starting with that success inspiration that leads to cultivation. So now it's think of it like a fire, right? Like literally going outside and using the stick and stone joint and yep. getting a little bit of shrubbery and trying to start a fire. I'm with you. That, that same analogy here, right? Once you got the initial fire sparks, embers going, now you got to feed the fire. And so once you, and I think teachers are the best example of this. Great teachers that create lifelong learners are essentially great CSMs. And what I mean by that is the same way I inspire a kid, not just to know uh, whatever we're teaching them in first grade, but know how to problem solve, have a desire and a hunger for knowledge. That same thing here, I'm doing in a small realm called sales navigator or a small realm called social selling. But again, the concepts, the formula, the, the science of the art is the same. I'm inspiring. Yeah. And then in the cultivation chapter, which I'll break down a little bit more here, I'm taking those initial embers and giving them the gas that they need to become burning flames. And so that kind of piece has, again, now speaking from my experience, there are variances on what I'm describing based on the level of energy and effort required to maintain your tool. Simple tests you can do for yourself. Look at your tool and if it looks like the dashboard on a car versus the dashboard on a kid's car, then you have the difference between a complex tool that you might approach differently uh -huh. versus a tool that's very simple, light amount of features or more uh, customer-based versus B2B. Like if it's an admin who uses your tool versus it's a direct seller or a person who's customer-facing who uses your tool, this varies in how you approach this. Right. So that's for me, again, how I communicated a key part of the science, knowing where does your product or solution fit in the complexity continuum. Super complex, you're going to do this a little bit differently. If it's not that, if it's very simple turnkey, then you might do this a little bit in the way that I'm describing. Again, LinkedIn, Sales Navigator is somewhere on that spectrum too, but every product that's in the market is somewhere on this spectrum. And so based on where you land on that spectrum, that's going to dictate how many different types of touch points you have, how long are those touch points, how much you rely on on-demand versus live scenarios, mm -hmm. how much you're telling the story versus you're letting people tell the story. The big metric that you're going to use as a true north here is your time to value. If you have a product that has a pretty long time to value, meaning you have to do a lot to get to the endpoint to see the insights, obviously you're gonna treat that a little differently, right? If you can't in exactly. one call, go after some things that are gonna give you the value that you want, then you might need to break that up into a workshop or even break it up into a smaller mo modules of success and then anchor your cultivation in that. Instead of trying to cultivate you to be a, just using uh, an example here, a sales force in every facet expert user, I might just cultivate you and the ability to get your account management properly done. Right. So you know exactly how to bring in your leads, how to handle your conversions, everything that you need in that piece, you're strong on. And so again, there's a level of, again, I'm breaking down to more and more pieces or modules based on how complex that product is. But the goal is still the same. You're cultivating those embers of success to become roaring flames. And so that's where, again, I'll do things like, uh, you know, roll out a survey after that first and second initial types of training and just ask people, how's it going? What are you thinking? And ask some very, you know, specific questions around what features are you using? What are you not? Where are the gaps? That allows me, again, I'm from a data perspective. That's my background. But to bring a data lens to the conversation, and this is where you, you really cultivate the same insights that you're sharing with the management and leaders to say, hey, here's what happened from that training. Here's the success we're doing. I share that with the users too. I let them see the exact same data to say, hey, whether it's good or bad, this is a part of it that lets you be a trusted partner. Again, if you trust your doctor and they're telling you the truth, you, that's what you want. As a CSM, I'm playing a lot of the same role where if the stuff is bad or studs aren't good, I want to tell you that and then mm -hmm. tell you how it's going to get better. 
And so it's that level of community, like sharing the data and telling people exactly, hey, we met with the management since our training when we did it. You have been saving tons of more leads. You've been uh, viewing more profiles and making more connections. That's an example under the LinkedIn analogy. I think almost anybody who knows social media can kind of gravitate to, but it's that same concept. And then I identify, hey, here's some areas where we might want to improve. And I anchor whatever training or enablement I do in clear understanding. So instead of me trying to tell you why or get you to see, get you to believe, you, you are in the same mind share as me. And that allows for me then to begin to cultivate that, that initial excitement and energy by taking the stories. So one of my questions that I would ask in that survey is, tell me about a success story you've had using this tool. Oh, and again, man. those That's stories good. I'll show on the screen itself. And that allows for the success to be cultivated because that person who shared that story, now their manager knows that story. Their peers know that story. They're tapping them on the shoulder like, hey, Greg, I know you're the social selling guy. I saw your story. Man, can you help me out? And so that inspires them and gives them an opportunity to be a thought leader in their own company. And so I'm cultivating that. And outside. You. Yes, and outside. And so one of the frameworks that I do as well that I think is getting super applicable, I do a series called the Roll Rockstar Series, where I'll take the best people in my organizations so whether it's individual users, program managers, executives that are just doing awesome stuff and have them get on a, on a call like this, like a virtual uh, conference call and share their insights to some of my other users across my book of business. And I'll have other CSMs or other teams. I'll send it on our team chat so everybody can invite any customer they want. And so it becomes, again, more opportunities to cultivate success internally. Their executives see that. 80 people were on this call hearing from one of your people, obviously, and everybody's like in the chat, giving round of yeah. applause, saying how amazing it is. Like that's what success looks like. Wait, wait, I'm wait, not wait. Beating them down, and I'm not saying, hey, you got to do this because your manager said. And I'm not trying to like truly get them to think, oh, this is going to super change my life overnight. I'm bringing them into the experience of success and thought leadership that, again, just going to naturally inspire anyone to really go for it. Oh my God, I dig it. So let me ask you this then. It sounds to me like you flipped your flipped the script on the QBR, mm -hmm. the, you know, the quarterly business review where we just had one with, with one of our vendors and it, it, it was really well done. Actually, I'm, I'm just going to say the vendor because they're part of our network, they're SkillJar, and we mm -hmm. use them for our LMS. Yeah. And I was very impressed at how this and I did some of the things that you're doing, but let, let me answer, before I go into my story, let me ask you this. So you said you would let your let you invite more people. Is this a QBR or is this some kind of an other engagement differentiated from that? So separate from the QBR. Right? Okay. This is like essentially a non-tie. So once a quarter, I host these Roll Rock Spar series. And so that's wow. where again, that's an opportunity for my best, brightest across accounts to have some cross account pollinization. And so I've had accounts where I've hadn't been able to get them on a call, but they came it. to that call, they heard about the great things that that person was doing and yeah. now we're working together a craft a program that again, they're gonna be on the next one sharing their story. So it's again about that success cultivation. And when I talked about that enablement in general, like education part, that's per customer. So every customer has an education part of their customer success plan. And in that education, again, I'm inspiring in the beginning with that workshop data to human storytelling anchored in action, following up with some kind of survey to gather insights and success stories. Using that next call, what I'll do is I'll usually get a champion's call. So again, it's not all the users initially, but the core champions, and then share with them the data, what we've seen in their survey results, and here's what we're planning for the next set of it. Who wants to own some of these different elements and be the thought leader or the speaker on this aspect of what we've identified? And so that's where the cultivation turns into distribution. Now that I've, I've created little mini fires, now it's time to spread those fires around. So not in California, no. Not in California. <laughs> Let me use a different analogy. We, we've had that a lot. Love around. Inspire the love, there we go. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my God. Now this is, this is wonderful. And in, going back to the story that I had with Skilljar, I, I was very, I, I, I was so excited about it. And I'm like, can I share this? Can I share these results? This, the, because in, in our case, my mission when I joined was to really take a look at the entire program of education that had been created so far and, you know, assess the state. It was not in a good state. It had been kind of let out to pasture by itself for a while. Uh, and, but then my goal, again, being trained by Gainsight, being trained by Nick and the vision that our founders at the time had had, it's I'm scale. I'm thinking, how can I build a program up so that people have the, a substrate, a foundation to work from that they can get to anytime, anywhere to do whatever, right? But then we offer more and we layer in on that, um, you know, workshops and sessions. Like I know our, our CS team does a lot with programs that are non, not, not their education adjunct, right? Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that, there's a, dis there's a discrimination that I like to make intentionally with CSMs because there's, there's a common trap, I will say. And that trap is that as we grow as organizations, and you saw this at Gainsight, as we grow, there's this gap that happens, a tech, tech gap, where, oh my God, I don't have anybody that can actually grapple with this education thing. Mm -hmm. Now we, we do, and you're doing it, and you're demonstrating it in your day-to-day. -day. And it's one of the calls to action that I have. See what I did there? Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but I have for every CSM is that if you're not thinking education first, you're not thinking about how you're going to obsolete yourself from your low-end CSM job and get yourself up to that director VP level and grow your career. Because you as a CSM need to be thinking about how do I get others to make the lift for me? And what uh, the, the story that you're telling me is just so fun because you're, you're lighting people on fire. You're getting, and, and that's our mission. And that, this is why I think this concept of an influencer and the concept of what we're doing as I podcast for a reason, because I consider myself and, you know, trust me, I have every day doubt, uncertainty, All that. Yeah. Uh, imposter syndrome, Comes with you know, it. crippling anxiety, mm -hmm. you know, whatever you want to call it as I, I am a leader, but a leader has all those things in tow. For sure. I can only use data to show that I'm doing a good job and the things that I say are not just hearsay. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's a hard job. And I love the CS space and, and I'm trying to help the CS space. And I'm very thankful for the work that you're doing because it really brings it up to another level. We're saying CS is a lot of stuff. Education is one of those things. And one of the things is that, you know, getting cultivating. And I think this is missed because we tend to think uh, we're actually going to have uh, this may have happened or will happen by the time this podcast goes out we're going to be talking with Donna Weber and Donna Weber is um, one of the players in the, in the customer success market. She's a consultant and she helps large companies like ours to understand how to onboarding because it matters. In fact, that's what her book is called. Onboarding is just a start, right? But we, we tend to screw it up, right? Or we don't put enough love and we don't think about all the pieces. It's really, really hard. But table stakes is if you just had an email campaign and you just said, I'm going to drip feed out certain things, but interspersed in that, go to this webinar, come hang out with us, talk to your CSM. We do a good enough job. But then that, then going beyond there. Now, the things that you're talking about are those life cycle motions, yes. the fun where, man, you get a bunch of people in the room that are super excited. I know that Gainsight did this with Pulse. And when Pulse Local started, you know, I had moved from St. Louis where I was and one of the offices in California and one of the, and I was here in Washington by myself. So I started hanging out with CSMs mm -hmm. and it was so cool. But those little things were learning. They were touched to get people excited. You'd have leaders stand up. You had this emergent, it wasn't the same kind of social, like we're talking about LinkedIn, but a social mm -hmm. and, and that cultivation over the life cycle of, of a company, it's, you know, we, we need to get back more to time to value. Time to first value is a time that I, I have the product implemented, but now time to first value is kind of that CS customer success play. It's mm -hmm. the first time that light bulb really went on. And I go, I grok mm -hmm. this thing. And now I love it. And yeah. now I'm going to, you know, when I first, when I first got hooked with LinkedIn, oh my God, it must've been like the late nineties. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't remember the, the, I, no, that can't be right. 
Was LinkedIn around the late nineties? No, no, I think two thousand is probably where you're, you're aiming. Two thousand, okay, yeah, because I was thinking ninety nine, but mm-hmm. it, around the time of, of Salesforce's launch, right? You know, they're, they're all in there, and some of us jumped on it, but some people didn't get it. Like, well, why do I need to do that? You know, my my partner, it, we go back and forth on, like, well, why do you spend so much time doing this, Dave? And go, well, because it really helps my career, and it does not uh, my career. It's okay. I'll give an example that's clear with, with a use case for LinkedIn. I saw your job change mm-hmm. or I saw a post you made and I go, oh, what's my friend, Sam? Hey, I haven't hung out with you in so long. Yep. And look where we're at today. We're having a talk that's really on point, work-related. We're having fun because this is what actually kind of wraps we'd have in the office and we wouldn't record them. <laughs> but that's so important. And that, that visible level of, I look at, uh, at LinkedIn as everything about work my entire career life, all the people I hang out with, it's all my buddies and yep. friends and network. And it's important, yep. but it's in, and now I'm starting to see some really cool stuff. Like LinkedIn live blew my mind. It really did. When I grokked what the functionality was, I'm surprised more people aren't using it. Yeah. And again, there's a learning curve. You bring up some, always some good gems. I think one thing that just to touch on there is it goes back to that B to C ification as people are now seeing what happened with Facebook, what happened with all social media in general, where that became a way for you to stay in a more, and again, all business is about, uh, again, finding that place for you to really be able to make things more efficient or more effective. Yeah. The, the transfer of knowledge, the exchange of information, again, whether you like using Twitter or anything like that, the rapidness of exchange is so on point that, that type of opportunity was only a matter of time before that came to B2B. And so what LinkedIn has really served as is that same place. Now, again, there's all other use cases that go along with that. How do you know that someone's credible? And this is some of the thing that even when we think about what has blockchain done for finance, it's made a way where you have an auto referee tool where there's always an ability to know that this ledger is accurate. LinkedIn is doing the same exact thing where you can see on someone's profile what they've done. You have people that are giving them kudos. You have people that are giving them recommendations. And that level of proof of purchase or proof of commodity, we're people. But in the marketplace, that is what essentially is gold here. And what's really made why this B2Cification is a trend that's going to continue. And one thing I'll, I'll anchor on here as we wrap some of the last pieces here, uh, is that that framework I introduced, inspire, cultivate, and then distribute. In that distribute category, I'm leaning out some. So I'm not as much, now that I've gotten people inspired doing things, I'm not leading trainings as much. Up yeah. front. I'm a general now. I have the soldiers out leading, meaning the individual champion sellers that have achieved success, they're speaking on how to use this feature to their own user base. They're telling them, hey, here's how I use it. Here's my story. And so I work with my program managers to plan the training, but I'm not doing the planning as much as me, the program manager, and the champions work together to create the program and they execute. I'm literally sitting back, supporting, listening, asking questions. Job well done. All right. My book of business is looking fat. (laughs) <laughs> you know, never running it. So that becomes an opportunity for me then to introduce role rock stars where I say, hey, you just rocked it, shined at your own company. Would love to have you share that information with the broader LinkedIn community. Join our webinar and let's share these best practices and concepts across the ecosystem. And again, it's that taking it to the next levels where again, in the distribution stage, now we distribute it around your company. Next, let's distribute it to the ecosystem. Right. That kind of layering of this approach, again, that's where I'm taking that loop to its next level, where, again, I've inspired success, cultivated it, and have helped them distribute it internally and externally. My companies and my customers crushing it from there. That's, that's awesome. Man, this is, you're natural. This like is this is the easiest podcast I've ever done that I didn't even plan or structure. <laughs> hey, you're Joe Rogan to this man. You get it on point. One of the hey. best interviewers. I can't wait to see this 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 podcast if it, if it does come out. Can't wait to hear it and love to see you just keep building and growing this because 
this is like you mentioned is where it's at being an influencer in the space the same way there's you know youtube influencers there's going to be a new realm that's even bigger here the niches in business are so wide there's like you know you got sales automation you got marketing automation you got customer success there's so many pockets yeah. and room for stars to shine that again this is just the beginning so much fun i got a, i had a couple of quick lightning round questions do you have any more time or do you need to jump yeah, off sure. I, can, I can do a couple more cool okay let me ask you uh we always do kind of a segment and and this i hadn't planned this and so for for my audience or for you I, I didn't plan to do this i just thought hey let's get on a talk and if it sounds like we're going the right direction i'll just we'll, we'll roll it so we're going to roll this um so lightning round is usually um i just have a few key questions or things that i'm curious about that might relate that might not um one of them is with LinkedIn, some of the things that I'm really curious about is number one, I'm curious about the business uh, package, right? I'm premium right now. And one of the things that I see immediately is that it, it opens up more space and I, I'm starting to see I've got wider reach, right? But one of the things I'm curious about is what's a dis differentiation between that premium and the business type package? So I'm thinking, think of a smaller company right? You might start off free. I'm an individual. Now I have a company. Oh, I'm doing stuff. Now I get the premium. What is that point, that, that inflection point where a business plan would be worth it to me or you know, to my business? Yeah. And so there are so many layers to that question. I won't be able to all cover right. it all. <laughs> why LinkedIn has various different tools. And so in the experience that you're describing, being the end user, right? Mm -hmm. I'm just a user of LinkedIn. That, tra that trajectory varies based on what role you're in. And that business acquisition, so moving from general user to premium to then a business user, think of it like a tree. We're all kind of on that base thing. Yeah. Based on the roles, it branches out. If your goal is marketing, Makes you might sense. become a business user of the marketing tool platform. If your role is uh, talent acquisition or hiring, then you're going to go into the talent acquisition business acquisition. If it's sales, then you're going to come sense. over to the sales navigator piece. And so that variance and that inflection point changes based on everybody. But what everybody realizes and what I've realized coming from being a data person in my career hands on is that having more context, more visibility and more data to arm your decisions and arm your efforts is always something that people will be willing to pay for. And so that's what you're getting at as you go along these rungs is yeah. more access, either more content or more features to enable you to take the actions that are most high value for you. And so it's that continuum that I think makes totally, uh, you know, sense for anybody can relate to, right? Yeah. Value out of something and I can see better. I can make better decisions. I have better insights. That's what leads people, regardless of where they split off into the business purchase side, uh, start with a premium and work their way up just organically. That's cool. Yeah. One of the things that I'm really trying to do now is, so we obviously for C-Lab, and I'm thinking about this for work too, but we obviously make post-targeted around launches of our episodes. Mm -hmm. And Adam, my co-host and I, uh, we, we've been experimenting, right? We will, at one time, uh, I for the, one of the last podcasts we did, I went out and I crafted a really, I took one of the quotes. It was Lincoln Murphy, actually, that we interviewed. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I took one of his quotes because it was like, this is gold. This is beautiful. And I took it and I, I created this little graphical image that looked really nice. I used a, a web tool for that. And then I dropped it in and I saw my, my view spiked. It went way up over a thousand. And for me, that's good because before, as I've been doing this, I was like maybe 50, 100, 150. Now I'm consistently at like a thousand, but sometimes I'm not. And so, and sometimes Adam will make a post and he does something a little bit different. So what I want to do now is actually introspect to that from a data perspective. And that's where I'm stuck. Like I, I really want to like, I really, the base brass tacks, I really want to get a report that I can pull from an API and I can look at periodically, like how many views, what was a post name, maybe some metadata, and then be able to start from a, from a visualization perspective to understand how that maps. And I, I don't quite get how to do that. I would think that API would do it, but that's why I was asking about the business plan or those kind of tools in there and those things that I could yes. use. And so in short, you're kind of giving the meat on the bones of what I've described. 
Yeah. Those tools are in the platform. So right now there's no APIs that you can use to get some of that insight. You could just see it on the screen. You can see on that, uh, you know, views and profile engagement screen. You can yeah. see how much people have consumed your posts in your content. As you move up from just premium, premium again, lets you see all of the stuff. Whereas just as a regular user, they might show you the top five and yeah. you can't see everything else. And so you get how, again, I'm opening up your cone of yep. uh, context and then your vision. And then when you buy the, the, you know, the, the business version in this example, that's where you get all that ability to do live reporting on it. You could do different types of A and B testing, cut it up by, you know, what kind of roles are engaging my content, which content is really resonating with different roles better. And so it's again, as you, you know, you think about anyone listening to this call that is creating products or drafting uh, businesses. It's that kind of structure that really works well in inspiring people to go, okay, well, if I got a premium, why would I pay extra for the business? Well, trust me, when you get it, you'll know. Okay. So that was, a, this has been great on several levels, my friend. This is really cool because like, frankly, I had been personally struggling with LinkedIn. Why should I pay for a premium? You sold me on that because it, it really comes into play when you are now wanting to do more. Mm-hmm. And, and now I'm getting to the, the next level of, I, I want to actually make strategic decisions about the content that I create and I put out there, not on just a, oh, I looked at that post and this post and this post, but now I'm actually looking at it over time at a bigger perspective. So super cool. My friend, um, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but this has been wonderful and we'll have to do more of these, but I will plan on sharing this with, with the community and there's several different ways we can, we can go out there. What I'm talking about now, I think I'll probably cut, um, but this was fun, organic conversation. Always good stuff, Dave. I mean, we should have been getting back together. So anytime, definitely reach out to me. Again, I didn't get to tell you about data plan. Oh no, that was why I want to close out. Yeah. Tell me, tell me, uh, tell me about your, your personal initiatives, the data plant, what you're doing with that. Let's throw that wow. in. So again, just if anyone hears this, if not, okay, just between us. However, the point I got to tell you is the industry is about to change. And one of the big things is the way that we've just accepted or the way we've uh, assumed that business is supposed to work is exactly that. It's an assumption. There are so many things that are just the core way of how people just assume we're doing business. Customer success is just an example of that. We have that in every industry. What we're doing with data plan is turning some of the underlying assumptions for data management and assumptions for using data to make decisions in the CS space on its head. The biggest area, if you ask anybody where the challenges are in standing up any of these CS tools or any of these applications like a Salesforce is the amount of work that it puts on people in data entry and setup. And the complexity of contextualizing data is huge for CS. Unlike any other industry or role, my data is not just in my department. I need marketing data. Uh-huh. I need support data. I need sales data. So by nature, being a good CS organization, you got to be cross-functional and collaborative to get the data you need to make those decisions. So what we're doing with Data Plant is really giving people a tool and a platform, whether you live inside a Data Plant, so it can be your core solution to leverage, or you're someone who just wants to bring the data in and get the insights, we're minimizing the amount of work required to stand up these enterprise type tools by making it so you give us your data, you don't gotta map and tell us what's in the data, just tell us what field has the text, what field has the date, what has the ID, and on the back end, you click one button and say, click train. And from there, it has an understanding of your system enough to generate all the charts and all the insights and then as we do with social media, the B to Cification, all you do is you scroll on social media. You tell it, I like this post, get yeah. rid of this one, uh, this is spam, keep this, and you just keep scrolling. What is that world when we have that for insights? To oh, where geez. you just give me your data, click train, insights are generated, and instead of you having to go build out your dashboards, build out all your reports, build out all your views, the system just generates it and you just tell it what you like and what you don't. And so that's what we're doing with data pan. We're bringing that social media experience and that social media B2C type of consumption uh, approach 
to the SaaS world. So super excited to come oh, back again and share a little bit about that. Yeah, I need I need to go go deeper with that because that that's brilliant. So well, let's end it right there. I'll add in all the the flavor, but Sam, thanks so much for for hanging out uh, with me today. I, I'm actually t- toying around with the idea of calling this office hours, like yeah. <laughs> a, a, you know, like a more casual, less structured podcast. But this is super cool. So good stuff. Enjoy the weather there in beautiful Santa Barbara. Check out Psych. because uh, <laughs> it's all around about the town. Uh, I'd love to see somebody who actually lives there. Like, tell me all the sites. But my friend. <laughs> Cheers. It's been great. Honored. Talk to you soon. See you soon. Peace. Bye-bye. And that's a wrap. Now, if you want to learn more, we have a podcast website at customer.education where you can find our show notes, transcripts, and other material. On Twitter, we're at Dave Dennington or at Avramescu. Special thanks to Alan Cota for our theme music. And if this helped you out, please consider giving us a like or subscribing in YouTube or simply subscribing to your podcaster of choice. Also, if you have an opportunity to, please leave us a review or just connect with us on LinkedIn or Twitter to help us find the others. And to our audience, thanks for listening today and joining us. Go out, educate, experiment, and find your people. Thanks, everybody.